The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 75, recorded December 3rd, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. I'm part of this team, and with me, as always, is... Michael Diaz. Michael Diaz. And we have a special guest. Some, um, You know, this person single-handedly has the most listened to episode of ours since we've started this podcast. His name's Alan Lugo, and he's back. Alan, how are you? Doing great, guys. I hope to, to break the, the listening record here for you, although I have <laughs> I, something tells me it was more about the, the subject matter of that episode than it was my appearance, but I'll take it. Maybe. I mean... The Joker took it over for a while, but then it came. You came back strong, so I don't know. It, it was an episode about the rise of Skywalker, though. It was. <laughs> it was a bit of buzz. Right yeah, that's yeah. Just a, a dull little topic that people right. don't talk about on the internet much. Right. No. But no, we're super happy to have you back, so we can talk Mando this week when we get to it. It was a, a big week for the Mandalorian, um, for Star Wars fans, and even maybe new fans that are to uh, the Mandalorian that may not know everything about Star Wars. So we are thankful that you can spend the time with us this evening. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I've got real internet now. <laughs> you let the hamster live. That was running in the wheel. That was making everything work. Right. We're in the, we're in the dog days of COVID. It, it doesn't take much to like really up our spirits, you know, uh, <laughs> right? upgrade yeah. internet speed. You know, just a few things here and there throw us a bone and keep us happy through COVID. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're connected so that we can do this. Um, so we can jump right into news. There's not a ton of news, but the big news today, actually, or was it today? It was announced. might have been yesterday, but I think it was today. Warner Brothers, I, I say Warner Brothers sells out, but I think, you know, the the big deal is that they're they're going to release all of their well seventeen films in twenty twenty one at the same time in theaters and on HBO Max and that includes you know Dune and um, a ton of other stuff Matrix Four uh, that they're bringing out Matrix Suicide Four Squad. yeah everything right yeah but I mean those are those are the ones that jumped out at me I mean Suicide Squad this is well this is called the Suicide Squad it's a soft reboot. But it's James um, James Gunn. James Gunn. Yep. So, Michael, for the is this when I should start caring about the DC movies? To be fair, Wonder Woman is is legitimate. It seems, but outside of that, mm-hmm. it's been a little rough. Um, Aquaman was good, which I can't believe I say that every time I say it, but it was. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before. I could I could never just get past the CGI in that movie. It just was so. It just seemed like B level to me, but. <laughs> Well, I guess the big question for me is, will this get you guys to pay for HBO Max if you don't currently have HBO? I, I, I have HBO anyway, so I get I get the app for free. No. No? Not, not enough draw there. For me, yeah. Not enough? 
I think there's a lot of films that are coming out that you you can just watch. They're not going to charge you extra for the films. Yeah, they're going to charge you extra for that. No, they're not. No, they're not. How much is the uh, the fifteen dollars a month? It's included. Yeah, wait and see. Because didn't they do? Didn't Disney do that with Mulan? Like the first couple of weeks, you had to pay extra, or somebody did that, and it was like, no, di- you're right. Disney did do that, but Warner Brothers already said they're not going to yeah, do that. Warner Brothers is flat out. Warner Brothers said they're not. Yeah, it's just base price. No, it's an extra. It's a bonus, and I see why they're doing it. HBO Max is still fairly new. Uh, Disney mm-hmm. is trying to compete with Netflix. Netflix is the biggest one around. There's no question. That's they're the king right. of the castle right now, right? Or king of the hill. Disney's coming at them hard, and Warner Brothers has decided they're behind the game because they did that whole DC Universe thing for a while, and then now they're coming together with you know HBO Max. They want to catch up, and they want to take market share. So I think they're taking this as a lost leader. They're going to lose money on this, no question. Well, part of it's not their fault in losing money because uh, it's you know they're not going to get the theater tickets. You know yeah. that they're they're, well, they're and, depending and that's on the big X factor, right? If you know, if the theaters are open again, I'm going to go to the theater to see Dune, right? But if it's not, then yeah, I'll probably do the old one month, the old in and out. They'll be happy for you to do that. You know, the, the, the one caveat is that the film will only be available for 30 days, but it will be released the same time it's at theaters. I can watch a film a lot of times in 30 days. Oh, sorry. Everybody all right? Michael, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Does that new internet blow up on you already? <laughs> You know the funny thing is? <laughs> the, that was, the hamsters fell off the wheel at his modem. Yeah. That was a box in the corner that no one's touched for weeks, so of course it has to fall right now. Well, I'm not editing editing that out because it's funny. <laughs> That's fine. Keep it. <laughs> like, I haven't even touched it. And anyway, um, to get back to your question about is it worth it, I mean, Shay loved Wonder Woman, and she could not wait for Wonder Woman 1984. So Christmas morning, I'm going to drop down $15 and we're going to watch Wonder Woman 1984. And then you may want to do it the day before just so it doesn't get jacked up. Right. But <laughs> you may want to get it, you know, the 24th might be a know, better day to, to sign up. Michael. It depends on how this whole COVID thing goes. I mean, if come summer, it's still not safe, but the Suicide Squad movie's out, I'll drop the 15 bucks and watch it at home. But because it's not a bad deal, I, I think we've mentioned this already. No, just Shay and I no, going to the bucks movie for, theater. I mean, for, our, exactly, it's, you can't get a ticket for seven bucks for a new movie. Exactly per person. Now, you also can't recreate that whole movie experience. I mean, some people have home theaters. Yeah, I don't. I like going to the big screen with the awesome surround sound systems, with the stuff all happening around mm-hmm. you, the massive screen that fully immerses immerses you into the moment. Yes, I love that. I will still go to movies once COVID's under control. I'll tell you what, though. If it gets warm again, I definitely will invest in an outdoor screen, and I will get a projector. Yeah. I'll use And I'll hook up my laptop, fire it up there, throw in some Bose Bluetooth speakers, good to go outside. I will say it's it's been crazy. You know, normally summer are the big summer releases, right? And it's like, because everything that went on, I can't even say that. I mean, I miss it looking back, but when it was happening, obviously this we're dealing with more important stuff, but it's like, man, usually every summer, right? It's like every month it's like, oh, in May, there's the big mm-hmm. movie we've been looking forward to since last year. And then in June, this is coming. And then in 4th of July, this is coming. And it's like, man, yeah, that whole experience has been lost to us now. And I didn't even really realize it. 
Yeah, and even Marvel's part of that because they haven't released anything. You know, yeah, Marvel I mean, was a big deal, and they, they've been sitting on Black Widow. But really, but as long as it's been, though, they've only really sat on Black Widow, right? Like, right. What was supposed to be after that? It, no, no, you're right. They're actually kind of lucked out a bit <laughs> in a way. Well, no, yeah. uh, they've made, but they have, to, they have to come close to make a decision on Black Widow soon, I'm sure. Well, they also, they did bump up. So they actually restructured their entire release. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Black Widow in May. And then... Eternals in November. Right. Now that switched around. Because right. they finished filming uh, Shang-Chi. So now it's going to be Black Widow in May again. Sometime in the summer. I think it was June or July. The Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. And then Eternals. So. Right. Well, we'll see. I, I think it's a cool thing. I'm, I'm glad Warner Brothers is doing it. You know, they may change their mind if things open up quickly, but I doubt it. I mean, I think this is a good way to get people to their service. There's other things on their service. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff on there. I don't there, think so. they're going to change their mind. I think this is, like I said, it's a loss leader, so that way they get people to sign up to HBO Max. Now, yeah, does that mean I'll sign up on December 24th and keep it for a year? No. I'll go a month, and then I'll let it drop. And then if something else comes out that I want to see and it's still COVID-y, like the Suicide Squad, I'll buy another month here. Yeah. I'm not sure when Zack Snyder's cut's coming out as well. So it might be Wonder Woman and then like January might have Zack Snyder's and February might have something. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to they're gonna try and keep you every month. I was pretty certain. I thought they, they said get... it wasn't coming out until next summer. I mean, it might be. I don't know. I'm just saying they'll throw something and in And you there. know what? If Suicide Squad comes out around then as well. I'll, I'll throw down $15 just because, I mean, the way it sounds, uh, the Schneider cut is going to be like, what, six hours long? Could be a series, yeah. I'll check it out. So, yeah. So Cool. Um, in other news that I found, I don't know if this matters to anybody, but uh, DC has announced a new kind of a, a miniseries for January, February. Of, it's called DC's uh, The Future State. Um, they're kind of, again, they, they kind of do this stuff, DC, where they, it's not really a reboot, but it shakes up the universe all the time. I, I just go, as you know, I'm going to take a nap as you're talking about DC. Just wake me yeah, up when you're comic books. Yeah. It's comic books though. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Michael, if you knew about that or if you had any cares about that, but it looks like there's like, it's like end times and then like a little bit in the future. So there's like, like two things going on at the same time, I guess. Yeah, I think originally so, the talk I'm, I'm, was that this was going to be an event that they're actually going to reboot the universe again, the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what they're saying. They're not. I mean, last I heard, because um, it was who was their outgoing publisher? Dan? Is it Dan DiDio? Something like that. I think he just. You would know more than me. Maybe Alan knows. <laughs> Alan doesn't know. Well, like I said, Joe. Yeah, Joe Blow. Joe Blow, John Q. Public. That, that's yeah. the DC. Word was they were going to reboot everything, like again for real, but that that got the kibosh. <laughs> well, no, they, they've done a few reboots. There was, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earth oh, yeah. in the eighties. You know, they had New Fifty Two. They had the New Fifty Two, but even before that, they had that whole zero hour shit. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, so okay, okay. Now, I, okay. Sorry, guys. You were talking about actual DC comics. I thought you were talking about Correct. DC movies again. No, like, no, oh, not movies. God, comics. Comics. See, so Alan was just being a dick for no reason. <laughs> I mean, I still okay. don't care about the comics, but 
at least I, I thought, you know, I thought you were talking about another DC reboot. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, 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 not film. Well, film, they're going to be doing a soft reboot with Flash film, but that's something else. <laughs> every, every film's a soft reboot for them. Yeah. Until yeah. they find something that works. You're not entirely wrong. Right. Correct. Anyways, it's small news. I thought it was kind of interesting because I'm always looking for a way to get into a Batman. But there's so many Batman comics that I don't even know. It's 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 choice over overkill for me. I can't I can't even choose. Hey, qu- so. quasi related news spinning off from fi- uh, film into related areas. Um, there was some of the articles I was reading was buzz around um, the original X Men animated series possibly being either rebooted, redone, or like new episodes being done on it. Did you guys see any of those articles? Disney new Plus? X-Men? I, I have not seen anything around that. So another quick question. So this was, Joe's definitely too old. Michael's probably <laughs> a little bit too old. Wow. But you guys are aware of the X-Men animated series of the 90s, right? Which is like widely yeah. regarded as one of the best. Absolutely. Yep. I'm aware. Animated it's series, fantastic. Right? So, it's yeah. on, so it's on Disney+. Plus. They were they created like a trailer for it, and so everybody was like, "What? They they must be rebooting it. What's going on? Why would they put money in to create a trailer for this? Because they haven't really talked about it since they put it on Disney Plus." But um, so yeah, there's kind of a few articles going around that they might be either redoing, maybe they're doing what uh, episodes or something like that. I think they learned a lot from Rebels by throwing the Rebels up there, and then they gave money to say, "Oh, cloud, there's actually still an audience for that." So maybe they put you know the the old show on to see if they can get that buzz going and why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was on since launch that that's the, that was the weird thing is that they created this trailer for it like two weeks ago. And so there was rumblings that they might be realizing Hmm. that that's a a franchise they can squeeze more out of by throwing a little bit of money at it. So I'd be sure I'll have to, I'll have to watch them. It's been a long, long time. I think I've seen a few, but I never sat down and watched all of them. So if it's up there, I'll, I'll throw it on there. God, it's been so long since I watched it, so, but I do remember it being very, very good. Cool. Um, so, any other news that you know of, Michael, that I did not write down that you want to talk about? No, my big one was the uh, the whole Warner Brothers thing because I thought that was huge news. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's going to shake up the. I mean, theaters, AMC, and stuff like that are pissed. Um, but what are you going to do? These these companies are the ones that make the movies. The, the, the boxes are just there to sell you candy. You know, they don't make them much on film. The, the theater companies, they don't make that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was no, going to try to get a hold of you guys tickets. when they were, when they were doing the, what was it? $200 to rent the theater. Yeah. Um, but the star Wars wasn't included. It was a list of like 50 movies and there were some good ones on there, but I was like, I don't know. I couldn't see doing that if it wasn't for like star Wars or right. You know, Godzilla. it'd be a really small list. Something fun, something on the big screen. Right. So, all right, well, with that, let's move on to uh, Geeks this week. I finished both seasons of Titans on HBO Max as another – I'm not getting paid by HBO, by the way. I wish I was, but yeah, I'm not. Um, well, there was not much to throw on, and I, I, I started watching it, and it was good, and then it kind of turned into one of those fucking Arrow things. I started turning back into like the – um you know, people not telling truths and didn't want to hurt each other, that kind of bullshit that's in Arrowverse and – um. But there's also some really cool things that happen. So, you know, it's, I would, I would give it like a six out of 10, you know, worth the watch, but not great. Worth to have on while you're, it's basically chilling. Now, is this worth a watch during COVID times or worth a watch during normal times? COVID may may play a factor, Alan, but (laughs) there are some, 
there are some interesting things in there and there's some stuff I just really can't stand. Like I, I basically, I like the Robin character. Um, the guy who plays Robin's great. And then he, it's kind of the, his work up to Nightwing. I have no idea what it means in canon. I've never read any of Nightwing or anything like that or how he became Nightwing or whatever. Um, but his journey in the first two seasons are basically how he becomes Nightwing and creates these Titans. Um, you know, there's some attempts to always bring like the young version of Wonder Woman, the young version of Superman, the young version, like, okay, you're just trying to create the same characters, but you can't use Superman, Batman, you know, um, and all that. The cool thing is that I like is they have a Bruce Wayne in it. And the guy who plays him was in Game of Thrones and he plays Jor- Jormund. Oh. Jor- Jorman? If you know who I'm talking about. Um, and he's actually a cool Bruce Wayne. He- he's kind of like a, a tougher Adam West in a way, but because he's kind of skinnier, right? He's not like a bulky guy, but he's he's interesting. Um, so I kind of dug his character. And, and they have Jason Todd, which is a good Robin in here and his character is good in it. And there's other characters I can't stand. So, I mean, there's a lot good and there's a lot bad. But it's 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 cool, though. It's fun to watch. They swear in it and stuff, so it's all, you know, cool and hip because it's, you know, on cable. <laughs> so, that was my geek this week. Michael, what'd you do? I got a PS5. Oh, that, I thought that was an air freshener that you showed me nope. a picture of. I got a PS5. So... <laughs> That's what I meant about bad box design, my friend. Not not the actual graphic design on the box. I wasn't sure if you understood what I meant. I just thought the industrial design looks, looks so like bad in that play. thing. Yeah, could be great. I'd love to see it play. What's that? So, have you, is, that all, is that all you've done? You've just played PS Five? Um, no, no. I mean, I read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll, well get yeah. to. Anyway, so, what do you what what what's the what's the one game you got to maximize this the new graphics and all that? Um, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. So just shoot people, run yeah. and shoot. So, but that's that's the whole reason I own a gaming system. Now that said, geek fans out there, wait, wait, you laughing at me? Seriously, the only reason I have a gaming system is to shoot people in the face. Exactly. Yeah. That's seriously. If you go back, I won't go on too long, but 12 years ago, the whole reason I bought an Xbox 360 was to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which was at the time called Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I -hmm. literally bought an Xbox 360 just to shoot people in the face. Right. And how much has that game changed since then? Uh, Hardly at all. Right. So so you did the same thing. You paid, I don't care what you There's just more detail to the the flesh wounds. Oh. Now, I will say this. So, yeah. Got totally lucky on getting an Xbox. People ask, what's your secret? Luck. 100% luck. I just happened to get one. How many people have asked you that? Uh, a fair number. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I posted online. And people are like, well, what's your secret? What you do? What you're using a bot? And to be truthful, I tried to use some bots. And, but that's not how I got it. So, very happy with it. I am. Uh, I feel like I'm... I feel like I've in my my the way COVID has affected me. I feel like I've completely even leapfrogged old man Joe, and I'm just like the old man here in this conversation. <laughs> I don't do video games anymore. I wish I, I I would like to. You know, I'm not I'm not really raising a watching young stuff child on TV anymore. Up a lot of time there, Alan. 
it's true. It changes things in a very good way. But it's like I'm realizing now all these things. I'm like, yeah, I used to do that. I used to do that. Yeah, but you know, well, I I, I finally got my Xbox back up, my Xbox One, and I've been playing um, Fallen Jedi. So, Alan, I got into a, a couple more hours into it. In so. twelve to thirteen years, when your child is a teenager and doesn't like you anymore, you'll have plenty of time to play video games. That's right. Um, all I have to say, yeah, got a PS5. I enjoy it. It does have this cool thing, which I don't know if you guys know, where it changes the trigger pull based on the game you're playing. And legit, the first time I played Call of Duty on it, I didn't fire because I didn't squeeze hard enough. It actually adds pressure. It's like really pulling a gun tr- trigger. It was That was cool. That's sweet. Yes. That's super sweet. So um, that, that's really my geek this week. But you don't need... But you don't need to buy anything else, right? Like you buy that game and then you just play Call of Duty. There's no other games that you well, buy. Well, here's a cool thing um, to stoke interest and give you something to play because there aren't a lot of launch games. There's like a handful. There's Call of Duty. There's the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah, that looks cool. It does. It's getting great reviews. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I almost picked up the uh, the last one for 20 bucks, the, the, the original Spider-Man, which that, that is mm-hmm. simple love. But anyway... Um, they give anyone that buys a PS5 20 PS4 games to download onto it. Wow. Because they don't have enough. Is it like, the, the, full li- is it like the full library or is it just like, you know? No, no. There's 20 stuff. games they've pre-selected. It's called the uh, PS5, or I think, I think it's called the PS Plus Collection. If you're Because you, if you have a PS uh, Plus membership, which you need to have to play online, and have a PS5. They just give you, here are these 10 games. Like, it's Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty. It's, um, like, Mortal Kombat uh, 10 or 11, one of the two. It's one of the, it's Call of Duty 3 is on there. They've got some pretty good games. Last of Us uh, Remastered is on there. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight. So, That's a good like game. I said, there's about 20 games total, which is cool because I still have my PS4, and they're part of my library, and they're PS4 games, so now I can put them on both. Oh, you know, actually, you guys, too, speaking of mixed media here, I forgot there is a couple books related to this show that I can tell you that I've been reading. Uh, one is called Five Minute Marvel Stories, and the other is called Five Minute Star Wars Stories. Oh, cool. <laughs> my, son, my son loves the Black Widow one. I want to read Black Widow for whatever oh, that's reason cool. he loves Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah, there's a bunch of little stories in that. The Spider-Man with Miles Morales was the first one he liked, so that was my first foray into the Miles Morales Spider-Man world. But uh, but yeah, those, those are kind of cool, re- reading those with him. He hasn't gotten into the Star Wars as much, the Marvel he got into. and uh, So yeah, we're, we're kind of planting those seeds. That's awesome, though. I like that. All right, let's move on to what we really want to talk about. We just, at least, you know, we're, we're late to the game compared to everybody else in the internet world that have already had their shows and all that. So we understand that. So we are going to have spoilers for the latest uh, chapter 13, I believe, of The Mandalorian titled The Jedi. So if you have not watched it, you probably should have by now. So right. well, by the time you post this thing, Joe, the other episode is going to be live. So you're, we're it okay. will. I'm going to try and post tonight. So it'll be, up. I know that's how we've been doing it. Unfortunately, that's just the way it's worked out, but we're not trying to beat anybody that is got a full on production of the stuff. I mean, I can't believe some of the shows that 
man, they, they get their stuff out there and that's, that's all they do, but that is their job, so to yeah, speak. We're, we're, we're aiming at a slightly different target audience here, a slightly more casual uh, geek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't quite know how to begin this discussion because we kind of text things around, but I'm going to just say, you know, for me, it was one of the best episodes to date and it really brought me to a better place. So well, let's just do that. What do you let's guys go around think? real quick? Five second hot take. Joe, that was yours, right? Yep. Alan, five second hot take. Yep. Go. Uh, that episode and the first episode are the tent poles that are making me still feel that season two is better only because of those two episodes. Okay. Gotcha. And my hot take is I'm happy that Michael Bain is now part of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> was. Well, yes, but is now. I mean, his character <laughs> exists. Was. Yeah. That's it? That's all you got? Well, no, there's other, but I, it was just quick off the cuff. It's okay. a hot take. Is that a hot take? Gotcha. Quick hot take. That was it. So, sorry. Quick hot take. So, all right. So, here's here's the thing. Here's what I really, really like. They've been, we've been told or through various internet sites and this and that saying that Ahsoka was coming to this world or to the Mandalorian episode or series. I love how they didn't beat around the bush. Like once they, once they got there, she was there. It was like, boom, here it is. No, no wait to the end. This is an Ahsoka story. And it was right off the bat. I'm glad they, I a hundred percent agree. I'm glad they didn't mess around. Just, this is what we want. Give it to us. And listen, Dave Filoni wrote and directed this episode and I had his hands were all over it. You can see it. I mean, he, um, from the shots are clearly taken from, you know, some Kurosawa films and, and Westerns and everything that George Lucas used for his inspiration, he used here. And that was kind of like what he said. If you guys watched the making of shows, like they're approaching the Mandalorian, not try to copy Star Wars, but to utilize what influenced George to influence this as well. And they've gone back and, and done that, I thought, in spades on this particular episode. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the things, and, and I've been starting to catch up on those um, making of episodes or whatever, but I think that's what, you know, as much as I, 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 liked, I liked Rebels, Clone Wars was a little long and drawn out to me, but for mm-hmm. the most part, I like Filoni, but what I like about him is he know he understands that you don't try to run away from Lucas and be afraid of what he did, and you don't try to copy it. You tr- you try to take his influences and the way he sees things and tell new stories, but through that similar lens. And I think it's obvious that it's the stuff. I think the 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 real fans, not the ones that just like to cry and moan online all the time, but fans like us right. that generally enjoy it, um, appreciate that. Right. We there's nods to what we've seen before here. Like we're seeing a lot of things that we like, but it's not like Force Awakens where it's like, well, everybody's wearing a different hat, but it's the same story, right. you know. And so uh, that's what I'm really mm-hmm. loving about The Mandalorian, but all, both seasons. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's what Filoni brings. He brings storytelling that is in the vein, but not not a re, not a reboot so to speak. And he's not, and you know, I don't know, Mike, Michael would speak to this more. He, he loves to talk about directors and producers and that stuff more, more than I do. But I just get the sense that he's not trying to be a big name director. Like some of these other guys that have touched the movies in, you know what I mean? Like he just is who he is and he's a star Wars guy and that's yep. what he wants to be. He doesn't want to be a famous director, producer, you know, whatever. That's, that's not his gig. And I think that's good for us. Right. 
So what did you guys think of Ahsoka and, and Rosario Dawson playing the role? Well, the shortened Leku was a little bit of a problem for me initially, but I read online and I was like, yeah, just they can't be as long as they were shown at the end of Rebels and it just isn't practical. Um, you know, I, well, when I first heard the casting, I was happy about it, but when I see her, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Rosario Dawson. But, you know, she's very, she's got a very under, like a recognizable face, but I like it. I'm happy with it. I think she did a great job. I got really nothing to complain about there. I thought she was super fantastic. She actually has intonation like, Ahsoka did on the card, on cartoon, the animation, you know? Um, so I, I thought she did a really, really great job with that. Now there is some talk, um, with Filoni that's saying like, this isn't necessarily after rebels, like that end cut from rebels could be in the future. Yeah. I seen that come out that they were saying maybe it's before, maybe not, but you know what? I, I want to get Mike, Michael's take because Mike, Michael, I always call you Mike and you don't like that. Um, <laughs> You haven't really watched, correct me if I'm wrong, you haven't really watched Clone Wars except for that last reboot or uh, additional season, and you haven't really watched Rebels either, right? For the you are correct. Part. So this is your, you don't have a big expectation for Ahsoka. So I, I know enough about her. known her. But, yeah, about her. But if you haven't sat and watched all those episodes, you don't really, you know, you haven't been on the journey with correct. her. Correct. And you know what? I don't think you need to. Like, people are saying, oh, this is made for fans. Not really. I mean, it, yes, it's good for it. It's a tip of the hat for me who and fans like us Alan, that have watched everything and it kind of like pays off a little bit because you've stood with this through various mediums, whether it's animation, whether it's from the book, um, it, you know, like for the first episode of this season, you know, if you read the books, you know who Cobb Vanth is and you don't need to know it to have a good time in this series. If you're new to Star Wars, this is just another character, no different than me learning who Grief, Grief Karga is. It doesn't hurt anything. Right. No, yeah. totally. Yeah. She's substantial because she's a Jedi. But because even as I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Rosario Darson brought like sort of to me like a fierceness to the role. Yes. Which was mm-hmm. there when Ahsoka came back in Rebels. Absolutely. But then it's like majority of how I remember Ahsoka was Clone Wars where she was, you know, basically a, a teenager still figuring things out, very kind hearted. And, and they started right. doing that transition in those last episodes of Clone Wars, transitioning her to being you know, an adult and making adult decisions and stuff. But, um, right. So we have and all Ashley that backstory, Eckstein, who, but it doesn't, and, it doesn't matter that Michael doesn't, right. It doesn't affect his ability to enjoy this it. It, it, it shouldn't. And, and Ashley Eckstein, who did the voice for Ahsoka, I, you can clearly see that Rosario studied the way she talks. Cause it, there's, there's a kind of a talk to her. And it, as soon as she started talking, I'm like, Oh wow, she really, she really paid attention. And probably Filoni being there saying, you know, it's more kind of like this really helps. Um, but I thought she was, she was great. I mean, Michael, since, so your take is, is what on this? Well, like I said, I know enough of her. True. I have not been on the entire journey, but, um, I really, really liked that seventh season of Clone Wars. And it was really, I mean, like I said, I obviously haven't seen all of Rebels, so I haven't seen her, you know, more grown up. But her journey just through Rebel, or not Rebels, through Clone Wars, was enough to really grab me. So I I think she's a fantastic character because, I mean, they refer to her as the Jedi, uh, or as a Jedi in this episode. Is she? Mm-hmm. We know. Well, she didn't exactly. say. She doesn't clarify at all. So no. it makes me wonder, and like I said, I know not everything about her, but... 
I know from the Clone Wars that she left and that she was somewhere in the gray area. She was still good, but she's not a Jedi. So, yeah, I was just going to say, a quick way in. Michael's saying she's good, but she's not a Jedi. I'm going to weigh in and say, yeah, I think she is a Jedi. Joe, what say you? In this episode, I, it's a tough one because she's not a Jedi proper in terms of like part of the order, right? And the religion. So I guess if you walk away, you're not technically a Jedi. Now, where she is in this, I, I don't think she is. Um, but that doesn't mean she's not a, a light light side user. That doesn't make her gray. Yeah, because I think it's an interesting topic where we could all give our peace and none of us are wrong, right? It's just our interpretation mm-hmm. of the universe. And because I look at that and I say, well, to me, it's in the same sense that I could, you could say for a period of time, you know, Luke was no longer a Jedi, like right. technically, but I'm weighing in from my side being, oh, no, no, Luke's a Jedi. And I'm kind of using that same process on Ahsoka. Like, yeah, 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 I know technically X, Y, and Z, but man, she's to me, she's a Jedi, right? You know? and, and, I, and I think, you know, with the lore of the Jedi and people just see people with lightsabers, they just say the word Jedi, like you're a cop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, she's not going to tell everybody, no, I'm not. I, I, I left the order. She just, whatever. Well, you the interesting I mean? part was, is that she, you know, we're having this discussion, but part of it is because she sort of came out in that episode and, and, and almost explained why she wasn't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then it was like, you know, if you're Mando and if you're everybody else, it's like, uh, well, you look like one to me and we've never seen another, another one. So, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, there's no point of reference. So again, to me, in that sense, she is because everyone else says she is. She's the only one that's saying she's not, but that's interesting, right? That's part of, that's part of what makes the story so interesting well, right now. Absolutely. And like you said, Alan, you think she is, and I'm not saying she isn't, but that's where the story potential is so rich because we saw her in Clone Wars leave the Jedi. We know she's still good. Mm-hmm. We know she helped the rebellion, right? As Fulcrum. Um, but now we see her again and they refer to her as Jedi. So it begs the question, did she go back into the fold? How do you know they referred to her as Jedi? Uh, well, the episode's called that. And also the episode could relate to other things and other people. Yeah. But the, yeah. now, and I don't know if somebody spoke it, but I want to say the, the baddies in the episode were, were referring to her as a Jedi, I think, but maybe not. Maybe I'm inferring. But that Bo-Katan in, referred to her as right, a Jedi? So, yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure they did. And no, she ways. never said I knew a Jedi to help me. She said I know somebody who could help you. Okay, well, the Mandalorian has pretty much come out and the, said and called her a Jedi, and she hasn't corrected. But I'm saying, but, but that's just saying. I think it's just saying is a generic term like Kleenex. You know what I mean? Well, it's, I mean, it's like, the other part that's interesting about it is that at the same time, and like this is you could say it's good writing or cheesy writing or whatever it is, but um, you know, Mando's thinking, you know am I or am I not a Mandalorian sort of? He's gone down that path, right? Especially when he met Bo-Katan and she's like, well, right. you kind of belong to this other sect that we don't actually recognize and yada, yada. You know what I mean? So it's funny right. that in almost in back-to-back episodes, they're doing that, you know, who, you know, how do you define yourself kind of thing. Exactly. So it was, it was nice, again, it was, it was nice to see them start right off the bat and, you know, having her go through and basically wipe out everybody out. <laughs> I, lo- I love how it's like, yeah, all these poor, whatever sex they go against, S-E-C-T-S, yeah. like right. they're all just stormtroopers. They can't hit the brown side of a barn. They have right. masks on so you can't see their face. They're all just, you know, the, like the, the Foot Clan from Ninja Turtles. Like they, they're, 
you know, what they're the opposite of undefeated. Right. Um, but what was really cool was you've got the Mandalorian lands there. He goes into this town and the magistrate who is, um, uh, uh, Elsbeth as I think was her name asked him to take care of her and he gets out there and boy, he's lucky that Beskar works because <laughs> she would have ripped him a new one. Um, but it was really cool that, you know, after he knows he's going to lose, he yells, you know, Hey, no, 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 that's Okatano. Bokatan sent me. And then she says, I hope it's about him. And that was, I thought that was awesome. And it was, you see at the child over there and they commune and now we have a name. So my question to you guys is, do you like the name Grogu or does it bother you? And I, I have a take on that, but I'll wait. I want to see what you guys say. I, I'll say I, I liked it. It took me a couple of times after they said it to like, what are they saying? Okay, Grogu. All right. I'm like, yeah, I like it. It kind of like, it's still kind of cute for a little cute guy, but you could see how it could also become a powerful name too. So I'm good with it. Michael? Um, you know, I, I have no problem with it. It's, uh, I think it's going to spread quickly. Um, the only thing I said, and this isn't a complaint in any way, shape, or form, I thought it was interesting. The only two other creatures we know of this race are Yoda and Yaddle. So mm-hmm. when they came up with Gogru, I was like, I was, you know, kind of half expecting a Y name. No, that doesn't mean every single member of that race has to have a Y name, you know? Yeah. But, I'm going to tell you my thoughts quickly. Um, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic name. And part of it is, I think it's a bit of an Easter egg. Um, if you ever heard Filoni talk, he used to say George Lucas is like his Yoda. And I think this is an anagram using George Lucas's name. I think it's a tip of the hat to George Lucas taking some of the letters from his name and he created Grogu from it. That's my take. So I actually like Wait. it more and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to live with that and say that George gonna, Lucas, he took say, the letters, I, letters I like from George's oh name. God. I like the name less if that's true. I don't know if it's true. It's just my take. I know he used to call George Lucas as Yoda and Yoda. And if you look at the letters, all those letters are in George Lucas's name. And he probably put it through some Star Wars filter name. Like here's your Star Wars name. Um, so Grogu to me is basically George Lucas. That's, that's, that's where he got the name from. That's my opinion. I have no insight, but I think it, if it is, that would be cool. Well, in, in going back to when they first met, right. And part of me was thinking like, Oh, you know, when you think about Luke on Endor and Empire and I'm like, oh, she's going to sense him, right? And I'm like, she's going to know he's coming. And I'm like, I thought it was going to be this weird, like, force meeting or something. And so, in a way, that kind of surprised me. But then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and as they were fighting, I'm like, well, she can't tell that there's this, the, the, the second strongest person user of the force, more than likely in the universe, right next to her. So, but that's okay. I'm just saying those are thoughts that were going through my head as that scene was happening in front of me. Right. Michael, did, did, were you excited? Did you uh, were making fun of my George Lucas thing or no? No, no, not at all. Um, in fact, that makes a fair amount of sense. In that, um, like I said, I went to Star Wars Celebration in Indianapolis right before Attack of the Clones, and they had this special mm-hmm. thing where you could buy this limited edition action figure. Right, I think I've mentioned this before, and the action figure right. was Jorg Sakul. <laughs> same <laughs> so um there is precedent for it so 
that that's why I think Grogu maybe maybe that is the case. Wait, can we can we hold on? Let's try. It. Michael's saying Gogu. No, it's Grogu. G R O G U. Grogu. Is it Grogu? Grow. No, G R O G U. Grow goo. Like you're gonna grow some goo. So it's not grow goo, not go grew. I'm mucking it up already. All I know is it's it's not Yoda and it's not baby Yoda. It's not the it's, child. It's no grow goo. I'll get it. I'll mess it up more, yep. but I'll also get it. Grogu. Yep. Somewhere Filoni or some of these people on the writers are going to hear this podcast and be like, damn it, we, we told you we named it so people wouldn't have this problem. Here's this guy. You can't even say it. I told you people aren't going to be able to say it. If they listen to this podcast, I, I would. I don't think they would. <laughs> They're welcome to come on. Um, okay, so we learned something from him through Ahsoka communing, almost, almost dare I say, like a... a Vulcan, um, learn a little bit of his past that he was actually there when basically the same time Anakin was born and was at the temple in, in Coruscant and was taken, but we don't know who it, the rest goes dark from there. So do you guys have any thoughts that who may have taken him or how he got out of there? Or, or do you so, think this is a, I think this is like, is this a retro thing? Like they're trying to. I want, take something. A, I want to take a stance here that retcon, retcon. Yeah. I want to take a stance here that I think Michael has introduced this type of a stance in the past when we talk about the Star Wars universe, in which that I want it to just be Joe Blow Jedi took mm-hmm. him, saved him. And you know what? It's it's a seed they're planting and they may figure something out in four years from now and tell a story around that. But in my mind, I want to just be like, no, nah, it's it's it doesn't matter right now. They don't have it figured out. It's just a seed they planted, and it's nobody. Like I don't want it to be Mace Windu. I don't want it to be, you know, anybody we know. Unless it was like, sure, if you want to make it Kit Fisto or something like that, you know, fine. He's whatever. dead. But, Kit Fisto yeah, yeah. Died. I'm trying to think when it all happened. <laughs> he died in the arena before that, but no, he died under Palps when they went to get him. Oh, it's that's right. I'm thinking there. of. Uh, the other, the other guy that died in the arena. Maybe he didn't die in the arena. Anyways, you get my point. I'm thinking yeah. it's, it's nobody. It's a it's just some random Jedi at the time, and maybe they'll cook up a story in five years and come back to it. Right. Here, see, I thought, and they haven't said this, but I, I thought, what was the name of the uh, librarian, the Jedi librarian? What was her name? Oh, yeah. She lived at uh, Jocasta New is her that, name. I don't know why I feel this, but if I was a betting man, I, w- I would put money on Jocasta New. That's who I think, Save. Yeah, I, I, I watched a YouTube video where they were breaking it down and they were throwing that out there. Like, they didn't have any real evidence, but they were like, it could have been her. She could have been because she was right? there. And, but the other thing that was neat, too, and I don't know if you guys, I, most of you guys haven't read a lot of those, the, the first few years of the canon books. Joe, you've read a couple, but mm-hmm. the, the one that is basically the origin story of the Rebels crew, the Phoenix Squad, um, just talked about the Kanan, Kanan's um, backstory. Kanan yeah, he he yeah. he escaped from the temple as well, but he was like a young right. pre-adolescent or whatever. He wasn't like a little baby youngling, but so now, I, I mean, I just think it's kind of cool. So now we have two people in the universe that sort of were younglings, kind of partially trained, escaped, um, you know, the temple right. at that time. So it's kind of nice that they're fleshing that out a little bit with a couple people along the way. Right. 
Right. I don't know who took him. I, I mean, it could have been anybody. It could be, it could have been Palpatine. Who knows? Exactly. Um, for reasons that they're going through this process of trying to do whatever they're going to do with. Well, with, and that's um, the crazy thing too, with, with this them. whole Palpatine is back thing is they've kind of made it so that a, we can never rule out that he did this weird, like he can see the future in the past and had this grand plan and all. So we can never rule that out. Um, right. But then it's always available as if we want to say, Oh, this was Palpatine. Like, they can always go back to that, but hopefully they don't do that too much. They've already done it enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want them to, well, it's not that I want, if it helps story down the road, but I, I don't want them to just turn this into um, justifying the rise of Skywalker or that whole thing. Um, but I do find it interesting, you know, let's say it was Mace Windu for whatever reason he went back there. Cause he's, you know, it doesn't mean he's dead, right? He just flew off the, the thing. Um, off the yeah. Building. If this, if there's, hold on, let me make this point for me. If there's one thing we learned is right. that if you're a Sith or a Jedi falling off a high ledge, absolutely does not kill you. It does not. We have four or five um, examples. Of that. But what would be, but what would be cool is if there is Mace window, right. Or somebody, and he's back into this and Boba Fett ends up killing Mace window somewhere. That would be awesome. Full, full revenge for yeah, him I mean, killing that'd be a, his dad. That'd be a full redemption story. Almost too good to be true. But right. It would be yeah. fun. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, that was interesting to learn those kind of things. Um, and then before we get to the final reveal, I want to talk about uh, Mandalorian himself during this whole thing. I mean, he went in there and helped and, and helped free this town, I guess, so to speak, from from this Elsbeth. Morgan Elsbeth, who we learned a little bit about. Um, now, some say like, wh- why did it take? Uh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, I don't want to jump to that right now, but I love the whole just you know the the juxtaposition of the Mando as the cowboy and Ahsoka is is the um, samurai. Samurai, right? You've got these two things, and you 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 bring in who Michael and I really like is Michael Bean as. Johnny Ringo again from <laughs> from Tombstone. He, he found his Huckleberry again. He found he? his Huckleberry, and it was just good to see him because I guess he hasn't been doing well or feeling well, and he's 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 come back from some health problems. I was um, say, he was one he of had, my had that limp almost, and I was and I was like, is that a little limp or is this guy just you know what I mean? So I didn't know that Joe, but that's kind of good to know. Yeah, and it, it was just nice to see him because he's one of, he was one of my favorite actors, you know, throughout those times. I, I always thought he was cool. Um, so, you know, that whole, I loved how they did that where he just says, well, let's just find out who wins before we get into this nonsense, you know? Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of like a real dude moment, right? Like, hey, man, we're both just like mercenaries. I'm not, you know, he's like, I'm not yeah. married to this idea here, you know, right? So that was kind of cool. <laughs> yep. So it, it was really cool. I thought they did a great job. And those, now I guess those, um, what do you call them, the mechanical, the, the droids that were, with him, yeah, those were uh, they weren't the HK forty seven, they're HK eighty seven or something yeah. like that. Yeah, those are based from a video game, correct? Was that Knights of the Old Republic, right? So there was there was a droid called HK forty seven that mm-hmm. was from the Old Republic, and I know because he's in the little phone game that I play sometimes. But um, and he was like a significant droid, um, almost like an IG eighty eight type guy. And gotcha. As such, these droids are like. 
separate versions of him, but they, they are tied to him. So that was a bit of an Easter egg apparently. Right. And I have to, I've only watched it a couple of times. I know there's a ton of other Easter eggs in there. Like, you know, there's loath cats running around. Yeah. The loath cats were cool. And you had the owl, which is technically a symbol for the light side from the yeah, um, father, son, so father, son, really daughter. Because that, that whole bit. And if, you know, like I thought about, I think about Michael when I think about rebels, cause I know he hasn't seen most of it, but I'm like, you could pull about six episodes of Rebels together that are pretty mm-hmm. serious when it comes to the the, the canon the lore. and, lore and yeah. all of that. Yeah, and that one was a heavy one. And I'm like, well, it's well, the- even back into into um, well, the first part of it was from Clone Wars. I mean, Anakin was supposed to take the place of the father to keep the balance. Yeah, and he decided not to. Hence but that his- one was one where I was like, well. I mean, like, yeah, I guess, is it that or is it just an owl? You know, but I'm like, it doesn't really matter, I guess. No, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's a symbol. She had that symbol with her. So, you know, that's my take. I don't know if it's the actual daughter or not. Michael, do you know what we're talking about? Uh, A little bit. Not entirely. Uh, I mean, I, I saw some reference to some of this, but obviously I don't know as well as you two guys do. Right. And, and anybody watching the Mandalorian doesn't need to know any of that. Right. At the end of this, at the end of the day, this episode, whether you know the lore or not, it pushed the story forward. You got to see a new character, Ahsoka. She's set up for her own series, I believe. Um, I don't even think we'll see her the rest of this, uh, this uh, season. I think we're done. She's a one and done for this season. Um, but I think that definitely there might be a, an Ahsoka series. A guess, yeah. I mean, that's what there's been a lot of talk about. Yeah, this very series, the Obi Wan series. This is very, very and then where does the feels like a yeah? And if Thrawn comes in as a Mandalorian season three, or he's part of the Ahsoka series, I mean, they say he's going to be part of the Ahsoka series because of the Ezra connection, right? And right, and that was where I was going to go next. Was like one of the last reviews is uh reveals as she goes and fights this um Morgan Elspeth, right. And even prior to the fight, just don't underestimate her. There's a lot of people online that are saying like, oh, she should have just destroyed her. She's a Jedi. And listen, I'm like, she wasn't trying to kill her. She needed information. (laughs) So it's a different kind of fight, you know? Right. So that was the the whole reason. Now, we don't know what she did with her. We don't know if Elspeth is alive. Do we? Yeah. All we know is she dropped the staff at this point. Right. So my guess is, you know, and then she asks about her master grand admiral thrawn and which I thought, and i guys i think so we talked about i'm like the whole i no, i get star wars does a lot of misdirection from time to time and i'm like that was total misdirection like your master your master your master oh it must be palpatine right it must be a sith what's going on here like, right oh, thrawn so don't get me wrong i love thrawn joe you know we've read the thrawn trilogy books and yeah you know he was a big part of rebels and i'm like ah, is thrawn is thrawn really a master subservient kind of guy i mean it felt like in the books he was always like a an, an apprentice sort of like understudy you know he was always bringing up those guys underneath him but i never would think those i'm trying to remember them blanking on the names of the, the two guys but um i would never think yeah, of he, them as he, saying oh thrawn is my master yeah they don't necessarily say that it was it was kind of a weird choice of words but i think it was just misdirection to throw us off of the sith you know master apprentice kind of thing Right. I mean, did we want it to be Moff Gideon? We were all waiting for her to say Moff Gideon, right? I thought it was the Emperor thing. I thought it was going to be some type oh, okay. of Emperor to the Sith. 
Michael, what did you think? I think Alan is 100% correct. I fully expected when they did the whole master thing, I was like, is it going to be another Sith? Because how are they going to explain this? Because now this is the thought process I had the whole, you know, two seconds it takes for her to ask about your master and she answers. I'm like, how are they going to come up with another Sith? I mean, how are they explain it? You know, Sidious is coming back is, and that's stupid. So it was going to be another Sith. What the hell is going on? And then she said, Thrawn. I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I was stoked. I was so stoked to hear it. I was like, oh my God, they're going to find him right now. So quick, quick question. Who would you want to play him? To me, doesn't matter as long as he has that sort of like sort of almost long, narrow face. Like as long as he has that sort of facial structure that can pull off what's been shown to us in the Zahn book covers mm-hmm. and all that. And in and, and the Rebels series. Like that's all I care about. Just don't give me somebody with like a round face. I'm going to throw someone out there that I think would be perfect, but I don't think we'll do it. Cumberbatch. Yeah, he's up there. People people ask for oh, him. For real? I think he'd be. Perfect. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if he. I don't know if if, if uh, no, you know Disney. I don't think he'll him, be but. cast. I mean, he's already busy enough as Doctor Strange, and he already played a very similar character in the Star Trek franchise. So yeah, but and I think Thrawn is one too, where it's like it's it's you need somebody that can deliver lines with the right cadence and the right enunciation on the words. Like, I, you know what I mean? I think it's almost more, you don't need a lot of, it's, I don't want to downplay the role, but I'm like, I don't think you need as much star power as you need just somebody with the right presence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I, so I, you go, don't, I you go to save some money on the budget with them and just find the guy that can really act with the right body motions and enunciation of the lines. And I, I, I wouldn't think they need to spend money on somebody who we know for that role. So if I hear Alan, he doesn't want Horatio Sands and he doesn't want Johnny Depp. Horatio Sands is already in it. He was the blue guy from the scene. I know, because he's the round guy. Yeah, but blue, that's what I mean. He's in, he could play another blue guy, save on makeup. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I'm thinking Matt Smith would be great. Oh my God. You know, I've heard that too. I've seen buzz about that, but it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would be great. Um, I don't know. Anybody in the Star Trek universe, Michael, that plays that, that have acted in you know doug jones who already plays you know saru in discovery mm-hmm. he's a very tall linky guy but mm-hmm. i don't know if he has that kind of presence to come across quite as evil you know right yeah i mean well, that's the funny in, thing about thrawn he's not necessarily evil he's no, not evil that's the thing about it. i mean i think that's the whole thing we're still trying to there's a long game but, there with thrawn okay. right and the books have set it up that he's playing a he's, long game and we don't but, know yeah. where that's going to end no, Thrawn is very practical. He's very Sherlock Holmes, and he's very much like uh, you know, game recognizes game, right? Like he recognizes mm-hmm. when somebody's like this person is smart, skilled, you know, like they're an adversary on multiple levels, and and he kind of goes with the flow there, like we see in the books. Like he'll team up with Anakin, he'll he'll mm-hmm. partner up with the the Empire. Like he, you, you know, you can't really know if somebody comes along that he can tell there's a, a chance for him to you know, join up with and, and help his cause, he's going to do it. And for what we know, his cause is his planet, right? Or his people. The Chiss, right? Yeah, the, the Chiss. The Chiss people, yeah. So, and he's, like, this This is a phrase that gets overused a lot these days, but it's a good popular phrase that's catching on. But, like, in the Star Wars universe, Thrawn plays chess when mm-hmm. everybody else is playing checkers, right? I mean, that's pretty right. much how they've laid him out. 
Right. Go ahead, Michael. You want to say? Well, obviously, you two know Thrawn much better. I never read those Heir to the Empire books in the 80s. Not that he comes from that. I mean, that's legends now. But we already know that Zahn, Timothy Zahn, has brought him back. Um, mm-hmm. I have two of the books, and I'm, I've actually started the first Thrawn book. I just need to get back to it. And I like it. But you guys seem to know much more, not only from the books, because he's done what? He started in one trilogy and is now the star of second trilogy now, and then also correct. He appeared in Rebels, which I've started right? and I haven't, and I haven't. Yeah, he was in Rebels, okay. slightly different than than the original Zahn books, but not that much different. Right. So you guys have a much better relationship. I just know, like I said, I know basically that after the Empire fell, he's kind of like the big baddie. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a big baddie in that he's he's not like he's the almost the opposite of Palpatine. I'm not quite sure he's looking for complete control, but he does like to control the situations in his favor. Yeah, and I think he's sort of a bridge character in the sense that like Guardians of the Galaxy was the bridge for Marvel to spin out into all these different directions and bring it back. To me, mm-hmm. that's what Thrawn is for the Star Wars franchise. It's a bridge to go in a whole different direction, but it still ties back. But with him, they can go in different directions that they can't with anybody else. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that he will not be part of the Mandalorian series as well. I think that's just, this is an Ahsoka thing. Um, I still think at this point in time, Moff Gideon is is the person we have to worry about. Um, Thrawn, th- th- this was just, I, I think, set up for, for the Ahsoka series. I think I could be complete or end of season three or something like that. You know what I mean? It's definitely not going to be this season. So, you know, question then real quick, you said you were like the mm-hmm. Holmes, but you know, Sherlock Holmes, he's smart, but he's always on the side of light. Would that not make him a little bit more like Dr. Moriarty? It's so tough to say, Michael, because like his, his thoughts were like, the emperor, the empire made things work, made the, made the trains run on time. So he's not necessarily like, he doesn't just kill to kill. Right. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, like, and I, going back to his first book, he spoke about, or his thoughts were shared in the book about this empire, the empire could be a threat to his people. Mm -hmm. And, for the way he thinks. And he was sort of a, um, we want to call it like a sentinel, right? He was like sent out like a scout almost. Correct. And it was like, okay, Thrawn, go out, find out what's going on with this empire. They're making waves. We're picking up their signals. Are they a threat to us or can they be um, just sort of glanced away from being a threat? And maybe they don't become an ally, but we got to figure out what's going on. Right. And so that's where it's like, yeah, he's not really fully, fully in cahoots with the empire, right? Like, you know, at any moment's notice when the right thing was to happen, he could jump, but, right. um, and that's what makes him so interesting, right? He's sort of, I don't know who, I don't know what a good example is. One's not coming to mind right now, but somebody who's neither good nor bad, right? But they have sort of a moral compass that you can kind of know what their intention. He has are. an agenda. We just don't know. He's more like, well, I guess, I guess general Zod is bad. Um, I was trying to think of somebody who was similar, but, um, I don't, he just happens to choose the empire because that was what was running. And he, 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 yeah, he's kind of like put himself in that mix to help control. 
to, to make sure that his world is not blown up by a, you know, he has by a death star, so to speak, which in the books he's trying, he, he kind of figures out the death star before a lot of people as well. Something's going on. So from what I'm hearing, working with guys, he's not necessarily a rah, rah, rah. I believe in the empire. I mean, yes, like you said, things work under the empire because the trains run, but there's also a bit of, I can help steer the ship, not literally, but steer the direction of the empire a bit away from my people. Mm -hmm. Correct. See, these are things I don't know because I'm above casual level Star Wars fan, but I'm not to the level you guys are with the books. And then the thing is too, is um, I'm not going to say he's, he's good either. Cause like when he, when he does follow orders, you know, he does, does, does things for the empire and he does do what he needs to do when he does kill, but he's very calculated. It's just, it's just a different, it's just a different kind of interesting character. He's just really interesting. He's not a typical baddie, you know, where I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe Moff Gideon is kind of your, your baddie, your, your twirling mustache baddie guy. Thrawn is not that. And I think there, there's a cool thing about Thrawn too, that they did, especially to show it in Rebels. I want to say I got it more from Rebels, but it's also in the books is that you brought up Sherlock Holmes, but he's like the anthropological Sherlock Holmes, right, yeah. Joe? Like he yep. he has this almost sort of like a superpower, Michael, of like understanding the artifacts and the history and the cultural sort of things about given races and stuff. And because he has that sort of deep knowledge, he has like two steps ahead of everybody of understanding like what they might do in warfare or what they might do in negotiations right. and almost almost like a Jedi level of, of knowing things a step ahead, you know? Well, let me ask this, being the naive one here. Is there any overt reference to him having any kind of force sensitivity or no? No, he does not. Super smart. Yeah, Super smart I was going to say, he's just like about as smart as you can get, but not anything that crosses into Jedi-like. And that's force, fine. Force I just wanted to ask really. the question because, like I said, I don't know him as well. And maybe some of our listeners don't. So I was just curious. But he's like, and when you think about who they're going to cast him as, and, you know, they can get whoever, whatever stunt doubles they want, right? But Thrawn, like, knows his martial arts as well. Like, the dude can fight in yeah. hand-to-hand combat. So that's also the thing that makes him really cool. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's just well-trained. So, okay. Again, as I name the Thrawn at the end, I, I, if you're a casual watcher, I think it doesn't mean much. Um, it doesn't hurt the episode. So we get all the way to the end of this episode and, you know, Mando's getting ready to kind of bundle up Grogu. And there was a, I felt some sadness for a second. I thought really he was going to drop him off for, for a little bit. And um, there was a bit of, of sadness there. Did you guys feel that or no? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, I was like, well, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave him. So yeah, there was that tenseness there. Like, oh, is he going to leave him? But I'm like, no, there's no way he is. He's going to either go with him or there's something, right? So, but yeah, there it was, especially when Ahsoka was like, well, look, the only way, reason he's doing this is because he's doing it for you, basically, right? So that, and right. obviously me having a two and a half year old, like, yeah, that kind of tugged down the strings a little bit of understanding that. Yeah, I mean, he's become a somewhat type father figure, but again, he's had many, Teachers, right? She told, she said that he had many, many um, teachers, and we don't know what he felt with any of them, whether they were dark or or not. You know, so um, 
what what really got me though is she said, you know, when he asked that she denied that she was going to teach him, part of it was maybe she's not a Jedi. Right. Um, the other part was the she sees that she was really worried about the connection, right? And that was, you know, going back to Anakin. Right. So she doesn't know who she doesn't know that Anakin was brought back, so to speak, from Luke. So she doesn't know that part of the story yet. Um, she does know that Anakin became something different. Um, but she does tell him to go to Tython. And I don't know if you guys know what Tython is. Um, you never, I don't know if you read the Bane books, but that is the birthplace of the Jedi, the birthplace of the Force. I, I read some stuff online uh, about it, but I, I didn't know anything other than like a, the five-minute video I watched on it. Yeah, so I read the, the Bane novels, and that's, that's like, holy crap, they're really pulling some stuff through. And that's but from so, Legends. But that, that is relate. What she's talking about is basically a version of, like the original version of where Luke was in the movie, right? Like he sat on the stone and it was a, it was a. No, that's a different place. Well, I know it's a different that, place, but it's a yeah. similar kind of a, a, what do I want to say? A, a sort of a religious type, uh, sacred place, right? Yeah. But there's something to the planet that, that from what I understand that, that I don't know if it's midichlorians or whatever, but it's a concentration, you know, at its core that the inhabitants there were able to use the force more and they kind of broke off into two areas. And, the, the, you know, there, there's a thing called the Jedi, which is spelled different than Jedi, but it was like a, um, a different fact or beginning fact of, of light side, dark side kind of thing. Um, so, it, you know, when she says go there and place him on top and let him decide. Now, well, if he reaches out with the force, yeah, right, yeah. and then Jedi's may may reach out back or something, right? If there's right. any left or something, she said, but there's right. not many of us left. So my question to you is: Will somebody reach back? And who do you think that would be? Well, obviously, there's. I've been reading. I shouldn't say reading. Reading articles, a couple of videos I watched about saying, well, it it could be Luke, and you know. Uh, Mark Hamill wants Sebastian Shaw to play a young Luke or whatever, so they could bring back a young Luke. Um, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Shaw was actually Darth. Was actually uh, Darth Vader. Well, wasn't that the what's the guy's name that was in Jaws too? Either way, Sebastian Stan, um, but also Ezra, right? That that could be another Ahsoka mm-hmm. Rebels Thrawn connection. Is that Ezra is out there, pr- presumably with Thrawn, or they were. Um, so those are my two guesses. It's it's Luke, could be, it's Ezra, or the field, right? Could be Cal Castus from the video game. They've they've already put video game things in this. Yeah, I, you had mentioned that, and I was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't have a problem with that." But I'm just kind of like, eh. like, it it just feels like it'd be a stretch to legitimize their made up video game guy. But okay, yeah. whatever. I'd be fine with it. Well, they got a pretty big name actor to be that person, so it wasn't like generic. Um, I don't know. Do you want to see Luke, Michael? I don't. I just, I like that this is its own thing. And let's, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go on and on about it, but the simple fact of the matter is this is a massive, massive galaxy with billions and trillions of people. I don't want to keep seeing the same little people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some that we're going to see. So I agree with that. I mean, yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to see, you know, we've seen Ahsoka, but she hasn't been in the movies. We're probably going to see Boba Fett. I'm okay with that. That's it. Let's not keep seeing people that we saw in the movies, okay? That's that's it. 
And, I, and I'm okay with that for the most part. And that's why I'm like, hey, maybe it's Ezra, maybe it's somewhere else. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so ham-fisted the way that the, the, the new trilogy was. Because in a sense, it's like, well, Luke did go out and start his own Jedi temple that didn't work. You know, what was this? It was the Grogu part of it or will he be part of it? You know what I mean? That was one theory that's out there. It's like that will be the start of it, right? And, you know, the other side of it is like, well, Luke kind of was a big, still a big deal, right? And so he still had to be doing something in this point in the timeline, right? So in that sense, I'm. It, that's why it wouldn't bother me as much, but I wouldn't be hurt if they brought in somebody new as well. Yeah, it's a tough call. You know, I don't know what's right. I do would like, I would like... Ahsoka to find out that Luke brought Anakin back. I think that would be a nice ending to Ahsoka's uh, journey um, to learn that. So that means she, you know, clearly she, for, from what we understand right now, she has not met Luke. I'm guessing. I don't know. We don't know that. Um, but I don't want it to be shoehorned in. Like, it's a tough call. Totally a yeah, tough I call. Yeah, it's hard because you think at the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke is basically... I mean, he's 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 just the biggest guy, most impar, most important, most potential. Like, a lot of things hinge on him. And then we get to the new trilogy, and it's like he's a ghost. Nobody knows about him. He's basically right. gone. And so I'm like, well, there's got to be whether it's in this series or it's somewhere else. Like, you got they got to plug something in there to fill that gap at some point. I know he's he's the thread through all of this that we all grabbed onto, and they kind of this is what pissed people off about the sequel. So. You know, you know, you make up a good, you make a good point there, Joe. And that, that's one thing I was thinking, you know, my initial reaction is no, I don't want to see Luke, but maybe if like in the last episode of this series, you know, go grew, did I get his name right? Grow, 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 grow goo. goo. If like the last episode, he ends up going off with Luke and they give Luke just, you know, 10, 15 minutes. That's still way better than anything they gave him in the sequel movie so maybe <laughs> yeah exactly maybe i'd be okay right. with that a little bit like, just because yeah because do you really want luke to be the luke you do do you really want his, his arc to end and how it ended in the trilogy no. like you know so we need something better than that give luke a win yeah i mean give it's luke a win <laughs> no kidding so no kidding if they don't you know so i'm i'm both I'm, I'm sorry. I'm terribly wishy-washy on this. Do I want to see Luke? No, but unless they're going to fix him a little bit and give him a win, then okay. That's where I stand. <laughs> Basically, you don't want him to fuck it up. If they do it, do it right yes. so we don't make it any worse. And I'm with you there. I don't want it to get any worse. Yes. Um, but I also want this to be about the Mandalorian. And my, my guess is that this particular series is going to be the freedom of Mandalore. And what that that that's where I think this one's going. I don't know how Grogu fits into this. I don't know if he becomes a Mandalorian and chooses that path. Like he's got to choose a path. He may not choose a Jedi well, path. That's the thing. He may go to the stone. Can and, and nothing happens. This show is the Mandalorian. It's not Grogu. Mm-hmm. Right. So, can this show survive if Grogu grow Grogu? Sorry. If he splits off, I mean, I could see him very much jetting off into an Ahsoka TV show. Yeah. And I could see, t- cause the show is the Mandalorian and we pretty sure there's another season and, and they're going to want to keep the season going as long as they can, whether it should or not. But part of me is like, well, 
this could be a, a little just like shooting star arc, right? Like it doesn't, Mando doesn't have to have a Skywalker saga about him, right? He may have a three series run and that's it. And season right. two is setting something up and season three will basically end it. And that's it. He's just a guy and they'll put somewhat of a bow on it. And, and that's that, right? So I think there's always that possibility too, is that it may not get as big for him as we think. Like he may not be that important in the big scheme, right? You know, where they'll spin something right. off. Now, the, the good thing is looking forward, like everything they showed us in the previews are done. We don't, we have no idea what's happening in the next three episodes. Like not even one shot was in any of the, of the stuff that they showed well, we us. We know Filoni, we got at least a filler and a half coming. No, there's there's three three episodes left. Two are directed by um, Favreau. I I hope there's no more fillers. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't think there will be, but I mean, they got to bring Gideon in. I mean, that's what we're missing right now. I think, um, where that goes in the you know, I think Bo-Katan will return in this this season. Um, I don't know if Boba Fett will or not. I know that's the other one too. Like, because I talk about Boba Fett's going to get his own series, and it's like, yeah, well, unless he goes. The way the story's shaping out now, knowing there's only three episodes left, it's hard to see him unless they unless they sort of wrap up the big arc with Moff Gideon and then there's you know, two episodes from now and the penultimate episode and then somehow they come back and they do a Boba Fett cliffhanger in the last one or something. I don't know. I don't so know. It's a lot to try to tie it together. So some of it's gotta stretch into the next season. For sure. No, I don't think there's going to get a lot of tying of loose ends. I think we, we, we got some answers this season, but obviously there's more questions. So, so I think, you know, you know, it's been a great episode and, you know, more to come. Yeah. More I think an amazing episode. One we could, like we, we talked plenty about it. To me, the first episode was a, a amazing experience to watch that first episode. And then kind of the stuff in between was, you know, a long setup, but there was some nice bits along the way. Cool. All right. Well, we've got more to talk about. It's, it's a long episode and that's fine. Um, if we've got content, let's do it. I'm not worried about being too long in this one. We've gone past our typical hour, but you know, sometimes big episodes do that. Um, so we're going to end the, the, the Mandalorian talk and Alan, you're welcome to join us on the Dune thing that we're going to talk about next. Cause you know, the story, but um, Michael, we finished Dune and we're going to give a kind of a talk about the last hundred pages and then we'll next week we'll actually probably do the whole book um, as a as a more of a, a, a stronger like a wrap up. Uh, conversation. Hope, yeah, stronger wrap up. Maybe some people can chime in with questions and things like that uh, via social media so that you can pull a help us pull a, a stronger, you know, question and answer kind of thing about the book. Yeah. But um, what's your take on the last hundred pages? Um, well, first thing I enjoyed the whole book. It was not, I don't want to say it was an easy read, but I think I said this from day one. I was intimidated by, because it was such a classic that it was going to be not a slog, but a dense read. And it's really not, there's a lot going on, but it's, it's well-written. So I've said this several times. I enjoyed that the book ended this way, but I think the biggest thing I'm surprised, and maybe it's just how sci-fi has changed over the last, what, 55 years since this book came out, and maybe it's the sci-fi readers, I, you know, authors I'm reading now, but, you know, tastes change, right? Mm-hmm. I read um, 
the Forever War, which was written, you know, in the late 70s in response to Vietnam. And I don't know, I guess for a big battle at the end, it was like, like it took forever to get to that big battle and then it was just done. I know. It was, there was a lot more of just, I don't want to say, how do you put this? There's a lot of swing and dick. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, told, I know what you're saying. Right? So yeah. that's not what I expected from this book. No, I'm not saying. No, and I think that's what made it daunting for people, right? I think, you know, they were expecting a swashbuckling science fiction set in this interesting area, but it wasn't that at all. It was a politics book. It's it's politics and it's ecology. I mean, that's I see why this book was groundbreaking because, you know, thinking about the earth and what we're doing to the earth and all that kind of stuff was, I mean, it had existed before then, but it really, I mean, that's when Earth Day was created in the 60s, things like that. Mm-hmm. So this book, I mean, there's a huge, huge push for ecology, but also politics. So I guess I, I came into it with preconceptions, which I shouldn't have, but, you know, being a classic book, this massive tome, almost 800 pages, I think I expected something different. I'm not disappointed with what I read. I'm surprised, if that makes sense. And this last hundred pages was not how I expected it to end. Well, no, for me neither. I didn't expect it to end that way. In a way, I did and I didn't. And there's a couple of things I want to bring up because I, I made a prediction early on that the Princess Euleron, Euleron? Euleron, um was going to be his daughter. Remember I said that, that she's writing all the passages and I thought, oh, cool, it's been time has passed, but turns out I was wrong. It was actually the the emperor emperor's daughter that he forces them to bond with so that he can be have power See, become the emperor so to speak. i knew i didn't want to ruin it when you were seeing that early on when we were talking yeah you you knew that i knew yeah. that yeah well i i think my idea is better <laughs> <laughs> well we'll uh, resurrect uh, frank herbert and say we're gonna edit your book yeah <laughs> um but i under, i understand why he went that route because he was trying to show the difference between loving somebody and then having somebody for power. There was, you know, basically it's a power struggle. Yeah. Even with the last words of the book by Jessica saying, you know, we, we are the wives. They are just the real concubine. They're not, they're, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so another thing too, is I, I, he's supposed to be the, um, what's the, what's the word? The, Oh my gosh, whatever. Because of wet, whatever. The big thing. Yeah, yeah, genuine, whatever. I'm bad with those things. And he took that one drop of stuff to try and purify his water. Oh, the water of right? life. The water of life. But he didn't. Like he, like Cheney came and helped him. And I don't know. I, I don't feel like he, he did what Jessica did. Or am I wrong? Did I miss something? Well... I don't know. I, I I guess I kind of see it as a, a thing where it's like a Windows PC that's taken forever to reboot, right? He'd been like that for three mm. weeks. I think he may have gotten there eventually on his own. Um, but you're right. You know, for all this, you know, prophecy that he was going to, you know, do all these things and do the things that other Bene Gesserit did, even though he's a man, he didn't really fulfill that prophecy if... Mm-mm. Chaney or Chani, whatever her name is, if she helped him, I mean, she basically took some, put him on his, put some on his upper lip and it pulled him out of it. So, 
Right. It was like put she put some Vicks on right. there. Some tussin. <laughs> yeah. Some tussin on there. Um so I was I was a little taken aback saying, okay, well maybe he isn't, but he believes it enough. And then so my question is too, um, is he a good person? Now that he has power, is it, is it power will corrupt? Because it, it seems like he became more of a I don't know. I don't know. Um He's a good person to the Fremen. They see him as a messiah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think I think one of the arguments you can make about this, and especially in these last hundred pages, that uh, power, especially when you are viewed as a religious icon, is mm-hmm. it skews you terribly and possibly corrupts you. And I think, I mean, I haven't read the rest of the books in the series, but it doesn't seem that, I mean, everything he's done is completely altruistic. So no, that no. said, there's good things about him, but he's not a knight in shining armor. No. And then when they went to the knife fight, like I knew, okay, that's a good call. That's a typical writing comeback, right? Or callback. Like they showed that scene earlier with Rafi. I don't know. Cause I'm so bad with names in this Fade. book, but his Fade. Fabe. Yeah. And how he, you know, killed the other person back early. I'm like, oh, in my head, that was where they were going to go. Right, right. So I wasn't really... Like you kind of know there's going to be a duel, almost Jedi-like, right? Um, or whatever. There's going to be a knife fight. Um, so that was kind of, I figured that was going to happen. Um, and it worked out the way, it, you know, as it would. Now, you know, I, I thought it was a good 100 pages, but again, I, I didn't think, it just didn't, you know, we're waiting for this battle and it was over. <laughs> it was just weird. It was just, it wasn't about the battle. It was all about the politics. It was all about this and that. And I think that's where people get hung up, like I said. Alan, are you completely lost in what we're talking about or no? Yeah, I mean, I don't follow all, all the details because I, like I said, I never, like Michael said, the intimidation of the book, so I never got the time to read it. But I, you know, I saw other sources of the Dune story. And I think, and it was always my understanding too, Joe, even as poorly done as the original movie was, it was a, it was a politics movie. It was a movie about, yeah, sort of like strategy and and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And and they kind of had a different feel, right? And even for me seeing it when I was even younger, I was like, oh yeah, this isn't Star Wars. This that's is not something Tatooine. A little more, <laughs> you know, whatever, sophisticated, if you say, or something than mm-hmm. Star Wars. Now it's not definitely not better in my mind, but it's different. Yeah, I think, I, I'm going to, I'm wondering how it's going to do. I, I don't know what people are going to expect of this. I think people that read the book will probably like the movie. I think the movie's going to be closer. But I think people that like Game of Thrones would like this movie. In this book, oh, hundred percent, right? That's that's what I'm thinking too. It's that's it's more of that kind of a thing, very much. Well, I read some stuff so. about the book after I finished it, and yeah, it's it's very much well, it's it's fantasy in space. They just replaced the fantasy with spaceships, but they really didn't go that much into it. They really focused on the people and the politics. So, even though I haven't read right. the Lord of the Ring books, I'm assuming this is in that vein. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. No, there's no. Um, it's pretty clear in the book of there's a bad person. There's dark. There's pure light. There's there's none of this kind of political stuff in in there. Now there's there's arguments between races, but it's not like this okay. at all. It's it, it it's it's a pure story. It's more Star Wars, I would say, gotcha. for lack of a better, uh, for Lord of the Rings. Um, 
but there's other things. There is like, you know, things about environment and they're all, but they're kind of, you know, metaphors and that kind of stuff that you can read into it, but it's not quite like that. Um, but Hey, good book. I don't think I'm going to read the rest of the series. I'll be honest with you, Michael. I have no, I mean, the book was good, but I don't think I need to see, read four more books or whatever there is about it. I, I don't know. Are you, are you intrigued? I will at some point. I don't know about all of them, but I do already own Dune Messiah, which is the second book. So I, after reading 800 pages though, I don't feel a need to jump right into that. I've got two other books that I'm supposed to finish up. One of which is that, um, Murderbot book that I need to finish because it was due last week. Right. But also, is this a good time to talk about our next book club book? Or no, let's reveal it and let's reveal it next week okay, in our so bigger this show. This is a teaser to whet your appetite. Next week we're going to say what it is. It is. Yeah. So that'd be that'd be a good place to stop. I think after an hour and twenty three minutes, Alan. Do you have anything you'd like to add to the show that we missed that you want to talk about for Mandalorian or anything else um, while we have you? No, I don't think so. And you touched on it earlier, though, Joe. Did the there was going to be a new Thrawn book series coming out? Did, did the first one of that already get released? Yes, and I'm I um started reading it. Okay, yeah, I need to go pick it up then because I've been I've been dabbling with a couple books, but I need one like that that I know I'm going to be really into. So I got to go pick that up then. And and I'm I'm taking a break too from that. And, I, and there's two books that I want to read that I have on the Kindle that you might like, Alan, called From a Certain Point of View. And it's oh, so one, I had the first one. Oh, yeah. I, so Empire I, Strikes. There's an Empire Strikes Back one out. Yeah, now. I heard about that. So I read halfway through the first one. It reminded me a lot of the old Tales of the Bounty Hunter things, and it added yeah. color. Right, it added color to the it's movies. It. I couldn't get yeah, through it. Like it didn't because I'm like, oh, okay, I get what's going on here. But it was very enjoyable. Like I'd love to see that made into like a sh- short film kind of thing. Right. Right. So yeah, that's cool. Um, that'll do it for this week, I think. Uh, Alan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure this will be our next number one episode now that you're on here. Um, but uh, no thanks for, for joining us. No pressure. Um, for those that uh, have listened to our show, thanks for coming back. For new people, we hope you stick around. Maybe hit the subscribe button in your various podcaster catcher thing that you listen to. If you do that, then you'll know when our next episodes comes out. Um, you can find us like on Spotify or Apple or Pocket Casts or Podbean, anywhere you get, pretty much anywhere you get anywhere you get your podcast from. Um, Michael, how can they reach us through social? Well, you can find us on Twitter. You can find our Facebook group and page, uh, well, on Facebook. And on Instagram, just look for KyberCast or The KyberCast. Cool. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, thank you, Dave Filoni. This is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.